While we love it when people of faith hold on to their values and take bold stances in public, even when it's against the popular opinion. Orlando Magic power forward Jonathan Isaac did just that in 2020 when he stood for our national anthem instead of kneeling in support of BLM. Well, Jonathan joins us today to talk about his family, his faith, standing up when it counts, and his new business venture. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Krulaitis, your host, and thank you once again for joining us this week. We love our mamas. Uh, right here at the top of the show, I do want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share. We are getting censored, so please share the podcast with your friends in your circle. I mean, we have a great podcast coming up with Jonathan Isaac. This is going to be something for every mama to share, especially with their kids. What a beautiful testimony this guy has. Also here at the top of the show, I always want to make Make sure that everyone has joined our family here at Moms for America. Uh, we are an incredible movement of moms all across the country, uniting together for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. So check us out at momsforamerica.us. Uh, we have some incredible uh, resources, information for you as a mama to use in your home, in your neighborhood, in your community and of course here in your country. Also, if you have any feedback uh, for uh, the podcast here, would you email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net? I would love to hear from you, uh, get your feedback and any suggested topics that you may uh, like for us to cover here on the podcast. So go ahead, uh, email, email me there at podcast at momsforamerica.net. All right, on to today's program. Jonathan Isaac is a husband, a father, author, speaker, and as I've already mentioned in the open, he is a power forward for the Orlando Magic. In 2017, Jonathan was selected sixth overall by the Magic in the NBA draft. As a man of faith, Jonathan believes that God is the only answer to the world's pain and division. Therefore, in July 2020, he could not support the NBA's league-wide demonstration and support for Black Lives Matter by kneeling during the national anthem. He stood, and he stood while his entire team knelt. That's the kind of courage we don't often see today. Well, welcome, Jonathan, to the Moms for America podcast. We are so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you have a great story. I cannot wait to get into this um, because you took a stand and yes, you stood um, for your values and America and all the, the great things that we're all trying to do on a daily basis. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about your family? We like to meet uh, your your family over there. Yeah, absolutely. So I have my immediate family, which is kind of both, right? Your, your personal family and then a family that's growing right now. So I am married. I've been married for two years now. We just celebrated our anniversary on the 18th. Congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> Our daughter turns five months tomorrow. So that's our first baby. Her name is Naomi. Um, wow. Super excited about that. And then my kind of, you know, personal family. I have four brothers, one sister, a half brother and a half sister. 
My dad is in New York. My mom is in Naples, Florida. So not too far from me in Orlando. And uh, my siblings are all kind of spread out. I've got two little brothers that are still in Orlando, still in Naples with my mom. And, and yeah, that's about it. Right. Well, nice to meet your family and love. How about that being a daddy? Isn't that something, huh? It is. There, there really is no words. You know, pe- people talk about it to prepare you for it, but it really is insane um, when you really get to, you know, just hold your baby and see the progression, how fast they're growing up. She's getting so big already. She's going to be super, super tall, uh, like like her dad and mom. So uh, we're, we're so excited um, and just looking forward to the future. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you and your wife. That's so wonderful. Uh, nothing like a baby and starting that family. So um, maybe we could just start out a little bit. Uh, a lot of our moms know about you and um, some maybe not. So I want to kind of get them up to speed and a little bit about kind of like your personal testimony. So um, a little bit of this starts, well, obviously you've decided that you always wanted to play basketball. When did you know you wanted to be a, a, a basketball player? Did you ever think you'd be in the, you know, playing in the big league here? So I, I never thought I'd really be in the NBA. Ba- basketball for me was just something that I clung to once I started to find that it got me a lot of the things that I wanted, which is love, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the girls wanted to be around me. The guys wanted to have me on their team. That was like my driving force for uh, really diving into basketball. It was it was kind of this uh, this answer for a lot of the things that I was lacking in my own personal life and 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 yearning for. And so uh, I worked really hard. I became the number one player in the state of Florida uh, coming out of high school, went to Florida State University and had my fair share of struggles. A lot of what we'll talk about, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you'll reference it, but is laid out in my book, um, what, why I stand. And we'll talk about the stand and all that stuff. But the journey of getting there was huge yeah. for me in terms of finding Christ in my personal life um, and how using basketball, God, all this different stuff um, allowed me to be who I am today. And uh yeah, but I, it, basketball was always just something that I I clung to, and then I got better and better at it the more that I poured into it, and then I looked up and I was being drafted to the NBA. Wow, what a and like you said, the journey is always like to get somewhere, and what what God does in the journey and how He refines you and um, helps you mature. So um, I know you have this book out, and everyone, all the moms are going to want to get it for their their sons and their and their family members. By the way, both my boys played basketball. They were never oh. going to be in the NBA, but I loved the sport because it was just so entertaining. It was so easy and so fun to watch, um, and they always loved that just that whole team, um, you know, moments and. The the relationships that you build. Um, so sports for kids is just so important. I'm sure you have a comment on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, I think it's a sports is one of the greatest mirrors for life, um, mm. just in terms of working with other people, developing your own identity and confidence um, yeah. and just who you are. You know, my, my pastor said this to me all throughout the book and just in my life. So it is in life. So is it on the court. Mm. who you are as an individual, you take everywhere you go, you take it to your job and you definitely take it into the court. So if you're, if you're insecure about yourself, if you're feeling certain things, it's going to show up in what you do in every way that you do it. And so I just think that, you know, sports, like you said, all the team stuff, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, if you know, if you're a female, um, it, it does mirror life and working through challenges, working through defeat, working, right. through winning, you know, what does that look like? What does that do to your character is really important. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, the moment when the uh, the NBA decided to visibly support BLM. They wanted to take a knee. Uh, all of a sudden, sports became political. 
who would have thunk, you know, just crazy stuff was happening. Um, it was tense time in our country. Um, can you kind of let set the stage a little bit for what it was for you, um, in, you know, in the NBA being a professional, um, being faced with BLM and standing, not standing, what, what was the, what was the scene like? Uh, we only saw it on television, this playing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sports is becoming increasingly political. Um, yeah even today, but it, it, you know, putting into words what that time was, um, oftentimes I just kind of think back to it and it's like, people don't understand how crazy it was in the moment of everything happening. Um, you know, obviously you have the tragic death of George Floyd and how all of that worked out. You have the rise of BLM and the Black Lives Matter organization, um, just kind of taking the world by storm in a sense, corporations, teams, people right. are all, uh, kind of put on the fence to say, what do you believe? Do you believe that Black Lives Matter? And if you don't, if you don't acquiesce in the proper way, then you are labeled as racist. If if your company doesn't come out with a commercial, if you don't post a black square on your Instagram, if you don't, mm -hmm. if you don't do something um, to affirm this organization and this movement, then you are in 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 essence evil. Um, and, and that was the early onset of that was one of the things that rubbed me the wrong way. Again, it, it wasn't about believing or not believing that black lives matter it was about this being the only way for you to show you care and even if even if you've you've shown that you've cared you have to show that you care in this moment in this way um or, or you're evil and so we, we get into this nba bubble and uh i remember also never feeling comfortable being able to share my perspective on the situation so at the end of the day i'm a christian um for me that comes before my identity as an african-american and uh, there were times where I was talking to people that were a part of this movement and, you know, they would have what they had to say. This is what's going on. This is what we need. We need black revolution. We need all these different things. And I would say, well, I, I believe that Jesus Christ is ultimately the answer um, for not just racism, but all the problems that we see. And it was yeah. like, man, this isn't the time for Jesus, right? Jesus yeah. is, is, isn't, isn't going to help us here. And for me, it was more so understanding that racism and all the things that plague our society are heart issues. And they don't get changed by organizations. They don't get changed by political movements. Um, they get changed by individuals changing their perspective and their hearts. And so uh, I remember my pastor, at, my, my pastor at the time, he's a huge part of the book as well. Um, he was preaching before we went into the bubble. And he was, you know, there was the, 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 the height of the riots and everything that was going on. And he talked about the moment that Jesus was getting captured by the Roman guard and how Peter in his human flesh lunges forward and says, no, I'm going to protect you. This is how we, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fight. And Jesus says, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. And for me, I internalize that to be, if you fight the same way we've always fought, we'll always get the same result. It'll always be black versus white. If whenever something happens, it is hate for hate, evil for evil, lie for lie, anger for anger. And what I wanted to do, if given the opportunity to speak or have a moment, I would share what I thought was the answer, which was the love of Christ um, and a different perspective as the answer. And so we get into the bubble and we have this team meeting early on where the uh, team officials come in and they say, hey, this is something for you guys to figure out because a team had knelt for the national anthem the day before. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of this falling domino effect. And so all the team officials leave the room and it's just the players. And everybody's like, look, we, we don't have a choice. This is what it is. We're, we're going we're gonna to kneel and we're going to get on with our lives. And one of my teammates turned towards me and says, well, Jonathan, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. 
And he had me because, you know, knowing that I'm a Christian, he may, he may have thought that I, I, I would have a different perspective. And I said, I said, fellas, I'm not going to kneel and I'm not wearing the T-shirt. And just chaos erupts. <laughs> oh, gosh, here we go with the Jesus stuff, all this. Oh, so um, there's chaos. There's chaos, there's chaos in the room. Okay. Everyone's upset. Um, <sighs> and it kind of just dies out to look at the end of the day, Jonathan is going to do what Jonathan wants to do. And, and that's it. And so um, it's the, now the night before we play the next day. And okay. so I'm on the phone with my pastor and I'm telling him, look, I don't think you understand how big this is going to be. I'm going to be name called. I'm going to be a sellout. I'm going to be a coon and uncle Tom, all these different things that, you know, my, my personal character is going to be attacked. Right. from. This. You could feel it coming. I could feel it. And just knowing, you know, people were getting canceled left and right and whatnot. Right. Oh yeah. It was very, it was very tense. I hadn't signed my contract yet. So I was up for a contract <laughs> extension the next, you know, that summer after the bubble. And so that was in the back of my mind as well. Like, you know, sure. is this a stand that I want to take right now? <laughs> and, uh, uh. and my pastor said to me on the phone, he said, you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And I was like, give it I a said, chance. See what God's going to do in this situation, huh? I'll do it. Um, we get to the next day. Um, I asked the team manager, Hey, is there any other shirt that I could wear a warm up outside of the BLM? No, that's the only thing that we have. Okay. Then I'll just be in my Jersey. So we get there, mm -hmm. you know, the moment happens, everybody's kneeling and I'm just standing and I'm praying, you know, I'm praying to myself, just saying, God, purify my motives. Let yeah. this be about you. Um, and just lifting up your name and offering a different mm. solution. It ends, uh, you know, we, we play a great game. We win, you know, I get to the press conference. It's oh, do you even believe that black lives matter? All these different things. And, and for me, that was like, that's the problem. You know, when did this become, when did this go from a symbol of, you know, caring about black lives to an order that if you don't do this in this way, then you don't care about black lives, even if you are black. Right. And so I said, hey, you know, I, I recognize the problem. I'm not saying there's not a problem. I just believe that there's a different solution. I believe that we all fall short of God's glory. And mm -hmm. if we are going to be throwing stones at an individual or an entire race for that matter, then we're throwing stones from a glass house. And mm -hmm. if we could choose to love in this moment, um, even our enemies, even people that that don't like us, then we could have real change at the end of the day. And uh, and on both sides, both ways. That's right. So, uh yeah, what that, a beautiful that. opportunity. I mean, did it take everything you could? I mean, talk about the ultimate peer pressure. This is this is like all I could think of is the ultimate peer pressure. But you knew what you were called to do. It was it was bigger than you. It was bigger I, than you. Exactly. It, it was. I, I, I knew even with all of the arguments, even with all of the the things in the back of my head about what could go wrong, it right. always came back to and I, I know that this is the right thing to do. I know that you know, I'm not in this position for, for no reason. Um, and I try my best to, to just die, almost die to myself. You know, the, you know, the Bible says, um, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And I, I'm even, I'm understanding more and more today that that was a moment of losing my life for the sake of the name of Christ. And I was able to sign my contract. I was able to write a book about it. I was able to do all these things. And I believe wow. that God has continued to favor me throughout the process. And even just to touch on the peer pressure a little bit, mm -hmm. then after the, after the game, the next day we have a team only meeting. And so this is a team call meeting. And so wow. we're on the bus heading to the hotel and I get a text message to my phone. Hey, team only meeting. When we get to the hotel, all we're right. getting off the bus. One of my teammates taps me and is like, Hey, just a heads up. This is about you. 
we get into the team meeting and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're hijacking the movement. You're making this about you. We have to answer questions about you, all these different things. You know, some of my teammates were like, look, we're not kneeling next to you standing. We'll wait in the, the locker room. You know, then, and for me, it was, I understood the emotion of it all, right? Like I, sure. I understand that, you know, I had plenty of teammates that went to the protest. They were deeply moved and cared about what was going on. And I try my best to, to reiterate to them that it was just about having a different solution. I'm not saying that I don't see the problem and I respect you for your solution. I, if you think that kneeling for the national anthem and wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt is the agent for change for better, then you do you. I don't believe right. so. And um, right. and just give me the same respect in return. Did they? How did they, how did it end up? Did I mean, obviously you worked through it. Obviously they, yes. you know, everybody has to agree to disagree. And like you're saying, you know, you weren't shaming them. They shouldn't shame you. And everyone really does have to go by their own conviction. And where, I mean, we've we have to stand up for our faith or our convictions or our families or our country at every every corner, our homes, our kids. I mean, this is what we do as parents, as dads, as Americans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was the timing, like as time yeah. go on, you know, people learned about some of the things that went awry with the Black Lives Matter organization right. and movement, the way they handled money, stuff like that. Emotion died down. And, mm -hmm. I, and I remember having conversations with some of the same teammates that were in the thing and, and, and they said, you know what, um, if it happened again, I would handle it differently. You know, I understood that I, I was emotional. I was intensified during that time. Um, and I wouldn't handle it the same way. And so I've, I've been able to kind of reconcile um, some of those conversations and relationships. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I think it's just a, a great lesson for all of us to follow God's path, God's journey, God's voice, God's conviction. Um, through this, I mean, you still have a great career and you're still playing ball. You got the contract. <laughs> Thank goodness. You know, nobody, you know, uh, left you in the wind because you just didn't want to participate in some level of something. So thank God it all worked out. And now you've got a, a new business, a, a new venture, unite us. Um, and, and I just want our moms to know about this because it's, um, faith, family, freedom. And, um, tell us a little bit about this and this project and this line, I should say, how cool is that? Unite us. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Unitas is like my baby, man. It's like, uh, it's, it's a, well, on, on paper, it's a values-based sports and apparel company, um, sportswear, leisure wear. Um, and the idea is to create this, this alternative to, you know, what, what's happening today. You know, I even, I don't necessarily even like to get into the nitty gritty of, but we know what we see, you know, right. companies today are continuing to move away from godly values and principles and away right. from, in my opinion, constitutional values and principles. And I want to see my values represented in the marketplace the same way that, that many people do. And because we live in the great country of America, these companies are free to do so. And, and you know, at the end of the day, we can complain about it. But if we aren't creating alternatives, um, then when it gets to the place of Look, if you don't believe this, then a third, you can't shop here. You can't eat this. You can't go here. Mm. If there are alternatives, then the only answer is going to be to conform. And what I want Unitas to be is a is a beacon of light as an alternative. It's not about hate. It's not about going against anybody. It's saying these are our values and we want to wear them proudly. We mm. want to be encouraged by them. And we want to build a community of people who stand up for what they believe in, in love, right? Again, not about hate. And so we're working to build out this line of 
merchandise, apparel, clothing, shoes. Um, my, the sneaker that I'm going to be wearing this upcoming season is called the Judah One uh, mm-hmm. by Unitas. And uh, it's not on the website just yet, but we're working on getting it here. And, you know, that's going to be for sale. And so we're, that, that'll be our first shoe. We have leisure wear uh, available right now. If you go to weareunitus.com, um, you can check out the leisure wear there. We're working on sportswear right now. Um, leisure wear is for both adults and kids. And so we're, we're, we're building, we're, we're trying my best, you know, I'm trying my best to kind of grow this thing out um, to just be a one-stop shop for, you know, values-based consumers. And I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, all the people that have been a part of working on this. And I, and I talked about my pastor too, about how he was so integral in me standing. He's also very integral in Unitas and, and with the name and everything. So I'll tell you what happened. Um, I was, <laughs> yeah, how'd you come up with that cool name? Yeah. I mean, whoever whoever came up with that in marketing, you were like, yes. <laughs> so I I was a Nike athlete back during COVID, back during you know, when all these things were happening, um, and I got injured at the time, and okay. I didn't resign with Nike. And I went to my pastor and said, "Hey, this is the situation," and he said, "You should create your own sneaker." And I'm like, uh, "I don't think you understand how difficult that is. That you know, it's not easy." And so I started to go down the line of, you know, what would it look like? And, um, you know, we were able to produce a sneaker, but it was more so for the mindset of just myself. Okay. And then it turned into why not create something for everybody that everybody can wear their values. My middle name is Judah. Lion is super important to me. So the, the shoe is lion inspired. It'll be the first NBA basketball shoe with a Bible verse visible on the outside of it. Come on, I love this. There are five colorways. Each colorway has its own Bible verse that coincides with the name of the shoe. And so uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, We just got clearance from the NBA that all five are good to go. And and I was talking to my pastor and he said, hey, I was at the altar today. And one of the things that we have at our altar is the uh, Ark of the Covenant and how the cherubims are kind of pointed with the wings to the center of the flame. And he said that he said a prayer, God, unite us. Unite us as one. And he said, unite us, unite us. He was like, Jonathan, you need to name this thing, unite us. <laughs> I was like, I was like. At the I, altar, it came to him. I love it. I love it. It is so I, great. Absolutely. And so even the logo that I've got right here on my chest is inspired by the Ark of the Covenant. Instead of the wings being pointing in, they're pointing out and the fires in the middle. And so again, it's, it's, it's just about giving people an alternative and I want people to be encouraged by the values that they hold. And if they won't be celebrated by outside forces, then we can celebrate them ourselves. Well, there is such, I mean, we do this a lot now, you know, the power of the purse, you know, we, as moms in our homes, we, we spend a lot of money on products Mm -hmm. and clothing or shoes or, and if a company doesn't, you know, embrace our values, we would rather not maybe participate with, you know, paying everybody's paycheck over there. We would like alternatives as moms and dads um, that believe in, you know, freedom and faith. And it's it's really refreshing to go to a place that embraces those principles and to spend our money on products uh, that are, are like-minded. So this is a great alternative. I think everybody's looking for alternatives now. Don't you think so? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it. And my wife is looking for it in our own household. You talked about, you know, women yeah. and moms and wives, they, they, they shop a lot. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, we I, do. <laughs> I, I drop a hit through every now and then, okay, you know, this, this is enough, all, all the Amazon boxes at our place. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you, you absolutely, they shop a lot. And she's even saying that she's being more mindful about what she's mm-hmm. 
what she's buying, how she's shopping because of the way that the world is moving in. And so it's unfortunate. It used to be that it didn't matter. It didn't matter what the people believed at the place that you were shopping. They were just offering a service. But today we're moving into a time where the people who are working for these, they have the power, be it like we, we, we saw, be it Twitter, be it all these different things, be it news um, outlets, they have the power to undermine the fabric of society. They have the power to influence people in certain ways. And so as we give them our money, we are co-signing their message and what it is that they believe. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think it's important to lead with our values, lead with them on our sleeve and create alternatives. And it's so true because um, we just really have to be aware, more aware now because there's all this messaging that is coming with companies. It's it's like, like you said, nobody ever cared what Nike did or what Adidas did or whatever. We didn't care Starbucks. We didn't care this, but you've made everybody have to care about right. your principles or your agenda. We just want to get a cup of coffee. We just want to buy a gym shoe. But all of a sudden we have got to embrace all this ideology or things that we're not comfortable with. And we just don't want to do that anymore. We're, we're, we're you know, we're in a, the culture's changing so much. We just want to spend our money and we want to support um, freedom loving companies and businesses. And that's really, what, what does freedom mean to you? I mean, we t- you talk about this with your company and I, I'd love to hear your take on freedom from your perspective. I, I think it's freedom is even sometimes in this context, it is tough to talk about because a lot of people want their cake and to eat it too, right? We, we want to be free. But sometimes mm-hmm. we don't want other people who have differing values and ideals to be as free as we are. And that's on both sides. And, yeah. and so You're for right. me, at the end of the day, free in, in America's context is you are free to do what it is that you want to do unless you are harming other people, um, harming children, minors, people that can't defend themselves. And we defend the right for you to be able to do it, whether we agree with it or not. And so um, I think freedom is these companies are allowed to go in the direction that they're going in. Yes, we can complain. Yes, we can we can uh, we can come together and find ways to uh, to 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 kind of work around the situation or work around what it is that they're doing. But at the end of the day, they're free to do so. And so for me, freedom is freedom is united. Freedom is creating. Freedom is a basketball player saying, "Hey." These are the values that I uphold and I have the means to create something. So I'm going to, um, that, that, that's what freedom means to me. Freedom of religion, freedom of press, freedom, you know, all the things that are baked into our constitution. Yeah. Our great constitution. Exactly. Um, the book. So did you ever think you'd write a book? Do you ever think you ever have, I mean, this has got to be crazy too. Um, congratulations on this as well. Uh, absolutely not. Um, the, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, like the, the book is called why I stand. Yeah. Um, I never in a million years. And it's one, it's one of the things about God. And one of the things that um, my pastor talks about frequently is just that we don't know who we are until we allow God to lead us um, mm-hmm. into who we are. And so before I found Christ, I, I was already in the NBA. I was a rookie. I was, you know, I got drafted and I wasn't walking with Christ. Um, all I did was basketball, video games, party, you know, and smoke. That, 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 that was my life. Um, for the most part. And so now that I've been walking with the Lord, it's like, you know, you talk about, you saw uh, an author, um, you know, a a business owner, all the things that I've been able to do, a speaker um, that I never in a million years felt equipped to do, um, wanted to do at all, um, I now feel is a part of my purpose and why I'm on this earth and and and, and why God delivered me and 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 led me to where I am today and put the right people around me to uh, to create, you know, who I am today. And so absolutely not 
Um, the book has been something that, you know, I often go back to reviews um, and what people think about it for encouragement and 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 for people to understand where it was coming from. Um, my pastor, I came over to my house after I got injured and he said to me, people know your stand, but they don't know your story. You mm. need to write a book. And I love that. <laughs> that's it. This that's pastor it. is so good. <laughs> if you read the book, um, his name is Dr. Deron Hepburn. I call him Doc, um, pastor at uh, Bishop at uh, Jump Ministries Global Church here in Orlando. That's where I go to church. It's where I met my wife. Um, I'm telling you, read the book and you will absolutely, people, people love him in the book more than they love anything else. About <laughs> like, who is that pastor? Um, but 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 yeah, it's, it's just that the story for me is, well, the stand for me is secondary. The, the okay. truth of the story is that a young man that struggled his entire life with fitting in, finding love, um, struggled with self-insecurity, fear, anxiety, um, mm -hmm. God, God's intervention and leading caused him to become a man willing to stand up for what he believes in, even if he's standing alone. And so a lot of people didn't know this before the book, even though I was the number one player in the state of Florida and I was attending Florida State University, I was on anxiety medication to play. Mm -hmm. My teammates didn't know, my family didn't know. It was one coach and one trainer knew what I was struggling with behind the scenes. I never felt like I was able to live up to the plate of big man on campus and leading a team and all these different things. And I always felt like if I didn't play well, I would lose the love that I had garnered from playing well. And so I was always in this limbo of playing for acceptance, playing for identity, playing for value. And it wasn't until meeting my pastor and walking through that story of circumstances where I was able to find my identity in Christ and uh, develop a level of confidence and develop a level of identity and knowing who I am and what God says about me. Um, that was a part of leading me to, 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 to stand up for what I believe in, even though I was alone. Yeah. What a beautiful testimony. And you said you met your wife at church. What that, that's gotta be, want to tell us that story really quick? Yes. I'm, I'm, giving away the stuff from, I'm giving away the stuff from the book, but um, it's 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 inside of a bigger story. And so okay. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the story about the pastor and I'll try my best to condense it because it is it is a lengthy one. Um, I, I get to Orlando, I'm living my life, I'm having my fun and I meet this guy on an elevator and he says to me, I can tell you how to be great. And I said, how? And he said, you have to know Jesus. And I said, man, I'm a Christian. Like, you know, you know, I, I grew up in church. My, my, my mom and dad were kind of Holy Ghost rollers. We were in church all the time, but it was never something that I prescribed as a real reality. It was just tradition for me. And so I get to Orlando. This guy says to me, I can tell you how to be great. You have to know Jesus. The season is starting. And so one of my teammates invite me to a chapel and chapel service is 60 minutes before every game you can go. I go, uh, the chaplain says, Luke 646. This is what we're going to talk about. And that says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And it was the first time that I ever heard that verse and it hit me. And I was like, well, you know, that, that sounds like me, you know, if I'm in bad times, you know, I had this playlist, I had dual playlists, a, a secular playlist and a Christian playlist. If I was playing well, I was listening to my secular playlist. If I started to play bad, I would switch up and go to my Christian playlist until I started to play well again. And so I, I had this idea, I had this idea of a, some sort of a reverence for God, some sort of an understanding of these are the right things that I should be doing, even though I'm not doing it. Um, but I never truly cared much about what Jesus had to say. It was just about this cloak of Christianity. It is what it is. You kind of tuck it in your back pocket right. and you go. And so uh, 
meet him on an elevator. I go to this chapel and I start to question myself. I start to say, you know what? I want to find out if this Christian thing, you know, is real at the end of the day. I started to dive into Christian apologetics. Um, and, uh, I start seeing the guy from the elevator all the time oh. in the parking garage, in the front of the building, all. And he says to me, you know, come go to lunch with me. And I'm thinking to myself, I do not want to go to lunch with you. I don't really know who you are. And so I say to him, look, if I see you one more time, I'll go to lunch with you. The next day I see him, we go to lunch and uh, the lunch is fine. We, we leave the lunch and I say, okay, I never have to see this guy again, but I'm getting somewhere. And uh, then my, my, uh, my, my high school trainer that I put, you know, kind of brought me up playing basketball comes to Orlando and he says, you know, we should go watch a movie. We go watch a Christian movie, a uh movie. The movie's awful. It's awful. We leave the movie halfway through. We oh, go no. watch the story. It's important because I'm at the movie theater for like four hours now. <laughs> I go to the movie theater. We, we, we're getting ready to leave the movie theater. And he says to me, where are you at with God? And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm reading. I'm watching videos. I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure it out. And he says to me, if you knock, you'll, you, the door will be answered to you. Ask, you're going to keep, you're going to find so I go to leave the movie theater that night and I'm turning down this street. I'm making a right. And there's a car that's making a left onto the street that I'm turning off of. And so our cars kind of meet like that. And I can see who's in the, the the window and he can see me. It's the guy from the elevator. Oh, come on. Super late at <laughs> night. I, You're I, like, I, God, I get it. Yes. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I roll down the elevator. I mean, I roll down the Around window. The window. Yes. And I'm like, you, me, we're going to breakfast tomorrow. Me and you. <laughs> And I'm driving home and I'm like, okay, God, okay, you want this guy in my life. I don't know why. Fast forward, we, we go to breakfast. Um, I'm telling him about this idea that I have to feed the homeless. It's around uh, November, Thanksgiving time. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out a bunch of burgers to the homeless, trying to show him how Christian I am. Mm. And um, he says to me, you can't do that. If you're going to feed people, you have to feed people correctly. And uh, um, he says, I have a catering company. If you buy the food, I will have my people cook it and we'll actually do something for the homeless. I say, deal. I'm following him to Sam's Club and I'm saying to myself the entire ride, what are you doing? You don't know who this guy is. We get to Sam's Club. I buy the food. Some people come and grab it. They take it. I say to myself, look, I just fed this guy's family for a year. I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> that weekend, he texts me an address and uh, I go to the address and there's a line of 200 homeless people in this plaza. And I get in line. I put my hairnet on. There's a young lady standing next to me in the line. She's also serving food. That's my wife today. Oh, that's that's where I meet. Her. I got chills. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's where I meet her. So we serve the food. Um, uh, my, I was injured <laughs> at the time as well. I had injured my ankle. They asked to pray over my ankle, and I remember going home that night just thinking, like, this all is—it's too perfect. Like, like, like God has to be ordering my footsteps in some type of way. Sure and it was—it it was the love thing for me. I was so used to working for love and feeling like I was always unworthy of God's love because of the way that I was living. And um, it was like God, you're still ordering my footsteps. You're still looking out for me in the midst of me living the way that I'm living. And uh, I remember I got down on the side of my bed for the first time since I had been in Orlando, mm -hmm. and I said the—I said the prayer that I remember from youth group. God come into my heart, be Lord of my life, all this different stuff. And then uh, I start hanging out with the guy from the elevator more. I'm like, hey, you know, let's hang out. Let's go do something. And finally, he invites me to church. And I say to him, look, if you are cool, your pastor has to be cool. And I said that because I had something with pastors in my heart when I was at Florida State. Um, uh, I, because I was dealing with the anxiety, I started to go to church with one of, one of the trainers. 
and I was going to the church. I was enjoying it. And then there was this scandal um, that happened. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was all I needed for an excuse in my own right. heart. Um, right. um, at the end of the day, we all fall short of God's glory, but it was like, right. for me, it was like, Hey, I'm done. Like, this is it. Like, I don't right. ever have to go to church again. Easy I don't out. Have- Easy out. And, uh, um, and so I said, look, if you're cool, your pastor has to be cool. I go to the church, they introduce the pastor and it's him. It's the guy from the elevator. Oh. <laughs> so I, so they this is so crazy, <laughs> crazy. I'm like, like what is going on? it's and so right. That was six years ago. Um, and I've been going to the church ever since my pastor has been mentoring me. Um, I, I dated, I, I was friends with a young lady for a year, dated her for a year, um, got engaged and got married and, uh, you know, never looking back. That, that, that's, that's the story of my kind of coming to Jesus. It's all laid out in the book and, and very much more detail. Right. Um, that's the story. Wow. What an incredible story. And, you know, so many people have these stories where you're just like, this is too perfect because God is putting all the pieces. You don't see it along the way. You don't know where the journey is leading you, but it's like, perfect. And if it's not somebody in the elevator, or it's not somebody in the car, or it's not somebody, but people, God brings those people into our lives and Absolutely. they speak to us and they're part of uh, watering the seed um, and helping us grow. Wow. What a testimony. What a testimony. Absolutely. I love it. Well, your book, your clothesline, these are great things for the holidays. So I know our moms are going to want to get the books for their kids, their sons, uh, their family members, check out the clothing line, unite us. How fun is that? We'll do some shopping um, for the holiday that's coming up soon. Closing comments to the young people that are listening. What would you say to this culture about standing and following you know, this is same thing here, Jonathan, I go out and I speak and and I'll say, listen, this is moms for America, but this is my opinion here is Debbie, you've got to get your family together in church. You've got to have a faith in your home because that's got to be the foundation. And I really feel like that's just oozing through you. That's what changed your life. Clearly. A a thousand percent. I would say to, to young people and, 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 and then, and the young at heart, yeah, I would say to them that what I have learned is that courage is not the absence of fear. And mm-hmm. for me, for so long, um, you know, struggling with fear, struggling with anxiety, I always felt I always felt bad about being fearful. And uh, um, I've learned that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is in spite of the fear. You are leaning on something outside of yourself. For me, that's Christ um, who has endowed me with the strength and the boldness to do what I'm doing. And the people around me that my pastor, my wife, my church family, my immediate family um, that have helped me become who I am today. And so I would say the, the, the necessity to stand um, is only becoming harder and harder to do, um, but only the more necessary. It's only becoming more necessary. Mm -hmm. The world continues to go in the direction that it's going. And so um, I would just encourage community. I would encourage you getting around people that are standing um, to find encouragement and the strength to stand because you're needed. Um, yeah. And we all play a different role. If it's if it's shopping at a place that stands up for these values, if it's if it's being a part of a church that stands up for these values, you are playing an important role um, in, in fighting back um, and, and taking it by force. You know, there's, there's a verse that says, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, 
but the violent take it by force. And th there, there is this need to be aggressive in this time to say, we are standing in love. We are, we're not hating anybody, but we need to stand up for our values or we will lose them. Right. And, uh, I think even just for the young people to hear, uh, one of the things that I struggled with when it came to God was I always felt like God was trying to take something away from me. He was taking away my fun. He was taking away hanging out, all these different things. But I have learned that God was never trying to take anything away from me. He was trying to get something to me. And now when I, even when I think about my wife, it was like, if I continued to go in the direction that I was going in, which was, you know, a bunch of girls, all these different things, God wasn't trying to take all the girls away from me. He was trying to get me the woman who was going to help create who I am today and, mm -hmm. and give me a family and be a mother to my children. He wasn't trying to take it. He was trying to get something to me. God is not trying to take your life. He's trying to give you the life that you actually ultimately desire um, in your heart of hearts. And so that's what, that's what I would say. I would encourage kids to, in this time, not run away from God. Um, God is not spooky. He's not scary. Um, he has your best interest at heart. Um, and if you put him first in your life, your life will get better. Um, and you will see him throughout the fabric of your life. And so and then for the adults, continue to stand, continue to be a, representat a representation to your kids. And um, let's, let's take it by force. And find and loved that line. Amen to everything you said, by the way. And I loved that line too. Find others that you can stand with. Yes. Like, you know, you need that team. You need that community. You need that. Um, and you need that foundation. Wow. I got to get the book. I haven't had, I don't have it yet, but I'm going to have that on my wish list here for Christmas for my boys. And um, just so proud of you. I mean, I got the mama proud happening here. I'm just <laughs> so, so proud of you and what you're doing and what, um, what you've allowed God to do and taking a stand, a stand for it all. Super cool. Say hi to your wife for us and oh. give that baby a hug and a kiss. I bet you she's just absolutely beautiful. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. Wow. What great words of encouragement. Thank you again, Jonathan. Thank you for being a role model and a mentor for kids. And thank you for speaking up and um, just really being a beacon of light in today's culture. We really appreciate it. Again, you can get a copy of Jonathan's book, Why I Stand, online wherever books are sold. And then, of course, you can get weareunitas.com. Um, so you can go ahead and shop his clothing line, sports clothing line. I know I'm going to check it out for the holidays. Um, great place for us to spend our money and a great book for us to share with our kids and um, friends and family. So super cool. Thanks again, Jonathan. Uh, we here at Moms for America, we do love supporting companies that reflect our principles of faith, family, and freedom. So this is on our list here at Moms for America for shopping this holiday season. Okay, moms. I do want to encourage you just one last time to stop by momsamerica.us, sign up for our newsletter too, if you haven't, that's another way for us to communicate with you, share all of our upcoming events, our resources, our webinars, our, um, our books, our programs, all the fun stuff, please uh, sign up for our newsletter. We've got a great blog that comes out every week. So all kinds of incredible stuff. And we do that through our newsletter. Um, speaking of faith, family, and freedom, our signature program is our cottage meetings. We always do a quick shout out for this. Uh, you can check this out again on our website. Um, it's 12, listen 12 lessons that will inspire you on the principles of liberty. They educate you about America's amazing heritage so that you can teach those principles of liberty and freedom, right? 
right here in your home, um, right here to your kids. And then of course, share those in your community and make a difference in your neighborhood. This program, along with many of our other programs, again, are on our website. We say here at Moms for America, we have everything to help you on your journey through motherhood, whether it's um, information about parental rights or public policy, whether it's what you can teach at the kitchen table to your kids or what's happening uh, with legislation you know, in Congress, we have it all. Um, one of the things we always say too is every issue is a mom issue. So we do cover it all and we are here to help support you, mom. Um, it's a tough culture, but uh, we're all surrounding each other and we are all supporting each other. We say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you moms are truly the heartbeat of America and that because of you um, fighting for your kids and fighting for your country, there is hope. There is hope. So keep fighting, moms. Also, we do want to just remind you to share this podcast with your friends. Um, what a great, inspiring discussion with uh, Jonathan. I just loved it. What a guy. So share this with your mom, friends. We are getting censored. So please share it out there. And I will see you back here next week, right, for another informative and uh, inspiring episode here on the Moms for America podcast. And moms, as always, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.